I'm Jackie. And I'm Candice. Welcome to WTF. Women Talk Finance. Our WTF podcast will take a simplified approach to finance. And we talk about investing, a topic we believe women don't talk enough about. We'll discuss common financial questions and challenges that women face in business and throughout their personal lives. I'd like to give a quick disclosure before we begin our conversation. This overview is for informational purposes only. We might include some projections, and those should not be relied upon for the purpose of investing. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and any investments we mention are meant for accredited investors only. And any offer can only be considered upon review of a prospectus and relevant offering documentation. So please keep this in mind as we move through this overview, and remember that these are our opinions only. We are here tonight with Casey Bloom, a mental health therapist. She is going to talk with us about our relationship with money and how that can impact our mental health. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. And let's start out with talking about our relationship with money. How does it start forming? When do we start forming a relationship with money? Let's go from there. Yeah, often our understanding of the world and the things that make up our world come when we're early ages, right? Um, Our formative experiences as as children um, and the experiences in the environment that we're exposed to forms what we call a schema. Right. And and so oftentimes in that schema, we have certain rules and guidelines that we may be consciously exercising at first, but over time become sort of these automatic processes. So for something like money, how we're socialized to money oftentimes can have a bigger impact over our lifespan than we really have much awareness of. I think I have examples of this. I think you probably have 100 percent of this. Yeah. Do you want to share one? Oh, put on the spot. I think my parents talked a lot about money in both good and negative, right? So I think I have kind of an interesting relationship with money because my parents were started out young with not a lot of money. And I think even though they shielded us from a lot of that, I think I was aware that, that you know, there, there was a, a bigger need for money. My parents quickly then got quite a bit of money, had very stable situations. I was really in tune to that. And then also, I think like a lot of millennials, being a child of divorce, you're really in tune to money, right? You're very aware that a lot of the conversations around you, even if they're not directed to you, are about money. So I think I understood the importance of money really early. How about you? I think mine's the same. Just... In the sense that my understanding about money started forming pretty early. And I I came from a household where we had plenty, we had enough, but money was not talked about. And I grew up in a very, you know, small town, southwestern Minnesota, middle class. We were comfortable, had everything we needed, weren't wealthy, weren't poor, you know. And so money was not talked about at all. I remember having, I remember getting my first job. My dad was like, you've you got to have a job. So I was like 14, riding my bike to the pool. I'm going to be a lifeguard, right? And I start making my $8 an hour, maybe. And saving it up and then identifying this thing I wanted to buy. But I needed my dad to, to order it or to buy it for me. And then I would pay him back. And I remember him saying, this is a lot of money. You, you've worked for months for this. Is this how you want to spend your money? And I said, yeah. 
And he said, okay, okay, but I want you to think about it, right? So that was really one of the only situations in my mind where money was a conversation. Otherwise, it just kind of wasn't. Yeah, I mean, whether you grew up with having a lot of money or or having very little at all, uh, there are certain beliefs that we form around that, um, that, that stick with us over time. And sometimes those beliefs aren't really helpful. You grew up in a household where, um, you know, their your parents uh, weren't big on saving and they were more about spending on things outside of the home. And so you went without for a while. That might cause you to have a bigger hyper-focus on on money later on and you might be uh, more rigid about how you spend money as an adult or you might follow in a similar pattern but what either way is what we um, oftentimes don't have a recognition that this is these are things that can be changed these aren't automatic decisions or or um, a path we we need to follow and so sometimes being able to recognize and identify what those patterns are and what impact they have can help us make um, better financial decisions later on down the line. Do you see with a lot of your clients that money is something they're comfortable talking about? I mean, I'm doing some guesswork in thinking that money is a stressor Mm -hmm. for most people, right? It's something we think about, but maybe not necessarily something we talk about. So do you see kind of mental health impacts from how we think about money or our relationship with money? Absolutely. I I think uh, in terms of like uh, relationship dynamics, uh, oftentimes our beliefs on money can differ. Uh, what what is money's utility? Is it to be spent for for recreation to have fun, or is it meant to be saved? Oftentimes, those um, beliefs can uh, come into conflict with one another, and that's you know unless uh, both partners are willing to find a middle ground or a path where they can both go on together, can be something that results in in people going their separate ways. I, I mean, money to me seems like such a big part of our personal mental health and like you just said relationships it's almost like the third party to our relationships and we might bring some serious money baggage mm-hmm. into a relationship can you help us maybe unpack a little bit of that baggage if you if you're carrying some heavy money baggage how do you deal with what what do you work with your clients on to kind of break some of that down. Well, it's 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 something that needs to be talked about more openly, right? Because money is essentially like bare bones, something we need to survive. Uh, and something we need on a day-to-day basis in order to function throughout our lifetime. And so it does wield quite a bit of power. And so if there are those those disagreements, it it can be detrimental. Some of the ways that you break through some of those things is just by talking about it, being willing to to talk about what debts you have, what your beliefs on, on money are, what your financial goals are. Those are all things that I think oftentimes aren't really talked about in the beginning of relationships or at all or until it actually becomes an issue and then later on down the line it's it's harder to um, it's harder to to find something in which to find a resolution and also the sense of shame sometimes that can be around money so like you said being open about maybe the debts you have being open about your spending habits and what your kind of guideline is around money mm-hmm. and if 
I mean, you mentioned, Jackie, like your family just didn't talk about money. And I think a lot of people just don't talk about it. So you've kind of almost got this secret as you're entering into these (laughs) relationships because there's shame around this topic. Yes, in your relationships it impacts you, but even with myself, meaning I don't give a lot of thought to financial decisions um, because even internally, it's not something I've given a lot of conversation and time to. Absent my work with the, you know, our current company, where it's been a much more like daily financial conversations. Well, I mean, for you um, or, or for either of you, why, why do you think money was maybe such a closed off topic in your families? I think it's because of the mindset behind money that it's, you know, I grew up in a very um, Midwestern town. Culturally, we've got German heritage, Norwegian, Dutch, like it was a small farming community. You don't talk about dramatic things, mm-hmm. right? You, you don't have big feelings. You, we dealt with conflict the same way. You just don't mention it. Wait till it passes. Anything that gave rise to conflict, you kind of just let it be. And money was definitely one of those things. So you just, you let it be. And as, as a child, I could see that it was a topic that my parents had conflict over, but they didn't share it with us. They, they didn't let us into that ring of conversation or conflict. So even now with myself, I don't think about it a lot as much as I'd like to. It's just a, a thing that I don't really address head on. I don't talk with people about it. I mean, this podcast is meant to change that. But it's- we don't talk about salaries, like oh. what you get paid. I no. mean, that's oftentimes something that brings out a lot of discomfort, but it puts us at a disadvantage, yeah. right? How do, how do we know what, what's comparable and are we being compensated? And there are things in my life that I do give a lot of attention to. Money is just something like that's the it is what it is bucket. How about that? That's an easy way to describe it. It is what it is. So that's the bucket it's in. And I'm the opposite. Money is like constant in my brain. I have a lot of kind of that pre-programming that probably isn't always serving me. I've got some like really early mental notes that I'm like, I, I could probably shed this one all these years later. But we talked a lot about money. Um, my parents were young. They didn't have a lot. They didn't grow up. When I, when I say they didn't have a lot, they didn't grow up with a lot. They are rock stars, like clawed their way up. I'm like so impressed with them all the time. Um, I think they were balancing the how do we give these kids the tools of being scrappers and being hungry and wanting and working for it. I mean, we we had chores. We weren't we were paid for those chores. Um, we had to get jobs really early. We, it was really clear that outside of the basics, and I say basics really generally because we lived a very nice life, but if we wanted anything above, great, you're, you're capable, go work your, go work your little booty off, make your money. Um, and similar lessons of like, ooh, that's a lot. Did you think about how much time that cost you? So it was a conversation I think I was also in tune and really aware of the kind of under under the surface conversations about money that were both said and not said, right? And I think that early, some early, early programming, and in my 30s, are they serving me? Some Are some of those, 
childhood and it's childhood interpretation of money, right? It's not a 30-year-old looking in at this. It's it's whatever code I got as a small child reading into a situation and building up some sort of relationship that I've now carried for decades. So I think, I mean, this is like a really cool conversation because I'm guessing a lot of us have codes that we've had <laughs> from as, a child's perspective. Well, as you're talking, I am recognizing what are my own natural thoughts. They're there, right? They control everything that comes into my mind surrounding money has to filter through. I do, I, you're right, I do have, you have to earn it. That's a very fundamental thing I was taught from my parents. You have to earn it. And there's good and maybe not so great with that mentality, right? Every day you hear about people making money by investing in IPOs and startups. But what about you? These kinds of investments are simply not available to Main Street investors. At Rowe Capital Group, we are committed to providing access to strategic, early-stage, primarily low-market correlated investment opportunities. Accredited investors go to rowcapitalgroup.com for more information. Rowe Capital Group, empowering your financial journey. Can you talk a little bit about the anxiety and the stress you see in your clients related to money and then how you might help them manage that? I know you mentioned talking about it, but what are some other tools that people might utilize to help kind of just reframe their thoughts about money? Um, I, I, I think it, it kind of depends on on what what the issue is, right? How How is the issue of money interfering uh, within the relationship. For example, if you have a partner whose way of coping is to spend, right? Whenever there's there's distress in their life, um, their go-to is to go and buy something. It gives those those little hits of dopamine, right? And it it's sort of this short-term um, solution, but is not really effective in in the long run. And so, in that instance, we would work with that partner on developing more effective ways of of managing. Uh, mental health or or stress in those moments so that it doesn't become uh, an impact on on that family unit financially. How about the the current, I'm going to call it, or the loop? Mm-hmm. I, I'm hoping we've got some listeners who are maybe young, single mothers who work two jobs, maybe three jobs to make ends meet, and there is no extra money. And there is this constant state of lack and I'm barely going to make it or I'm barely making it. How can all of us and how can these conversations help that woman? Well, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? It's, it's in the sense that there is that, uh, again, money at its bare bones is, is what we need to survive. And so, um, if we're not making enough of that or having enough of that, it makes it really difficult to survive. And and oftentimes, you know, lower income women are, and especially single parents, uh, really struggle with with having to to put a hierarchy on on their needs. You know, it's it's almost like a game of whack a mole. 
in in some ways. There are uh, other agencies out there that can help with like debt management, specifically if there is uh, significant credit card debt or or debt in other areas, and being able to consolidate that debt in and come up with a payment plan. Um, with lower interest rates, that's often a resource we we, we utilize. As as far as how you're talking more about managing like the stress around it, or like or that just sort of that constant. Yeah, I'm asking how to help support that person so that they can be their own best resource in those situations, and maybe kind of break that loop again. And I'm I'm imagining the loop, and it's got to be daily fear and daily anxiety and you work 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 and it's stress and you go to bed at night still wondering am I going to be okay this month that's a not necessarily an easy question to answer right there's there's a lot of complex factors that feed into the reason why someone is in that predicament and 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 the the barriers and and things that would stand in the way of that person getting out of their that predicament however the more uh, capable we are at managing stress effectively the more capable we're going to be in getting through stressful situations without uh, long-term detriments to our physical and and, and mental health health. And, and so um, self-care is a priority uh, and being able to make our life as balanced as possible in as many areas as possible, we're going to be more effective at, at managing stress overall because it's just, it's, it's part of life, right? It's, it's uh, uh, the goals of self-care is not necessarily to get rid of stress, right? But it's to be able to manage stress differently and have a different relationship to that. And so even something with like money, right? Creating a budget, taking care of your debts, um, getting an idea, being willing to look at your credit report, right? And being able to see, okay, this is, I got to face the beast here, right? And developing a strategy oftentimes takes away a lot of the the ongoing angst that we carry with us. Because even though it's not in the forefront of our mind all the time, there's that sort of underlying anxiety that keeps uh, churning about, right? And keeps impacting us when we're not even necessarily aware of it. And so being able to to manage things like finances, that it is a stressor for you, and finding those strategies um, is, is a way to assist in that overall. So just like how some people don't talk about money, (laughs) your line of work has a whole other group of people who are like, we don't see therapists. We, we we, we, We don't seek help. Like if your mental health should be just fine. Don't, don't unlock that one. What is your messaging to those people? I think there's a lot of people that just generationally it's been, mm mm nope, we don't, we don't talk about money and we don't seek therapy. So those people probably need this conversation the most right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's very interesting, right? Because it's um, uh, talking about mental health is definitely something that's being well, more talked about and, and more uh, common just in every everyday conversation. And, and so that helps in itself. One way that um, seeing a therapist going into counseling can really be helpful in being able to get ourselves back on the right track or, or towards our goals is, is oftentimes, you know, those, those beliefs 
beliefs that we talk about, that we develop about the world and ourselves, they remain private, right? There's these private uh, thoughts and conversations that we have uh, with ourselves. And talking about them openly with somebody provides the opportunity for that person to see, to have some insight, right? And, and to determine, do these beliefs and the way in which I'm interacting with these things serve me in the present? You know, what is that doing for you? What is some other ways we may look at the situation? Is your way of thinking about it the only possibility. I love the word you used, insight. And I think there's so much value in just having an open mind and looking at things and saying, what's here? And if you are uncomfortable with the idea of a therapist, maybe you could be comfortable with the idea that there's a neutral person out there who can just be a sounding board. We all need a sounding board. And sometimes the sounding boards we need or the ones that we seek out are going to just validate us. And that's great too. But sometimes we need anti-validation, right? Like we need just a fresh perspective. So a therapist can be nothing more than a sounding board with a fresh perspective. Yeah, oftentimes when we have those private thoughts reflected back to us differently, it causes a light bulb to go off. Like that's really how I was thinking about that. Uh, and, and so those things go unexamined. And, and so a therapist is not someone whose main role is to diagnose or pigeonhole you in any way. Essentially, it's, it's somebody to talk openly with in order to uh, get you on track with the goals you want uh, and whatever that may be, essentially. I kind of like the idea, too, that it's you, you said face the beast, you know, when we were talking earlier. And I think the, the therapist piece of this and, and the role of a therapist in this could play so deeply into that financial aspect because you if your finances are the, kind of the root of that stress for you or that early programming that you have about finances are some of the root to that stress and you don't examine it you've got this like little volcano under the surface just kind of constantly rumbling and I'm amazed sometimes how when I just face the beast and take a look at it, I'm like, oh gosh, what's that credit card bill going to be this month? I know I went a little crazy. And when you actually look at it and you know the number, the stress of that unknown is like, oh, okay, well, I, now I know what the I can deal with this because I, I know it. Even if it's overwhelming, even if it's a big number, even it's, oh, or your credit score is garbage, knowing it already kind of like, whew, all right, some of that stress came down. So like having that person, that sounding board to be vulnerable with is hugely valuable. A lot of us have a tendency, right, when when there is something stressful in our lives that we don't have an immediate solution to offhand. And so we go about this avoidance, right? We go about day to day. I'm not going to touch this. I don't really know how to solve this issue. I'm just going to avoid the issue. And um, that has consequences over time. And so in, in relation to finances, if finances is an issue and your relationship for with money is not a good one, uh, your ability to actually stare that in the face and approach it head on is ultimately going to save you a lot of pain in the long run. Uh, it's, it's over time, you know, that, that unresolved stress. So like you talked about, right, is I open up when I, I have all this angst and anticipation when I'm about to or, or open up that credit card, 
envelope, what is this going to look like? Well, if you just kept pushing that down the line, you that you carry that angst with you, right? And so when you said, I opened up that envelope and okay, maybe it wasn't something I like to see, but at that point I, I knew I, I, you know, had uh, information in which to uh, go forward. And you notice that your stress level went down a little bit. And, and there's something to be learned by that because oftentimes, you know, what we think is, is actually um, effective or serving us, um, we're just sort of kicking the can down the road. Uh, and and suffering along the way. So being able to approach uh, those things head on uh, is is gonna save us a lot of pain in the long run. And don't do that to your body. Love yourself. Love yourself enough to just <laughs> take that pain away. <laughs> be nice to yourself. Face sweet self. Face the beast so you can like give yourself that break. Yeah, that's good advice. Thank you for being here with us. We're going to have you back for another episode. Um, we appreciate all of these little nuggets for our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Please hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with the WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. Email us with questions, suggestions, or just say hi at media at rowcapitalgroup.com. Again, thank you for listening to WTF Women Talk Finance podcast. <laughs>